Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, get set, let's go! This is the Kolb Strong Power Podcast with your host, Jimmy Kolb. It is my pleasure to share my knowledge here with you on all things powerlifting, equipped lifting, and competing. Each week, I'll be answering your questions, sharing my training tips, with heavy emphasis on bench pressing. Hope you're all enjoying your week, having good days in the gym. This is episode 17 of the Kolb Strong Power Podcast. Uh, today's topic is train how you compete. This is something I say all the time, and sometimes my wife has to remind me and tell me the same thing. Train how you compete. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I mean, things that I want to avoid, things I want to look for, and why I hate speed work and bands. So to start it all off, train how you compete. What, what do I mean when I say that? I say it to my, um, the athletes I train, the athletes I coach. I say it to my, the guys I lift with all the time. My wife, like I said, has to remind me how to, to train how I compete. So what do I mean? So again, I'm a competitive bench press only athlete. I compete in the full range bench press with anywhere from three to two commands. The full range bench. Lockout at the beginning. <laughs> very overlooked thing. I see a lot of that on Instagram. God damn it. Come down, touch, all the way back up, racket. Okay. So I oftentimes have to kind of remind myself that, you know, we don't compete in the board press or in the case of high boards, we don't compete in the board extension. Okay. So it's very, very important to keep that in mind that you all you need to keep in mind exactly what you are training for and the end result and and proprietizing your training as such to produce that result. So a lot of times in the past I've gotten too caught up with big numbers, high boards, things like that. Um, you know, overlooking certain aspects of the lift. So a good example, when I was first hitting the 900s, when I benched 900 in my single ply shirt, and I was going forward from there, I started focusing a lot on the top end, top end in my gear. This was wrong. I wanted to hit the big numbers. I wanted to overload. I'm a big, you know, overloading is fine, but I was spending too much time on the boards, not enough time practicing either full range or very close to full range. So that made my lift suffer. Yes, I got strong up top. My CNS was adapted to some seriously heavy poundages, hundreds of pounds over my competition lift. When it came time to do the full meet, I wasn't prepared as an athlete for doing the full range of motion. And when you're doing this in gear, it's very, very, very difficult. Now, it's a thing you have to spend years mastering. Uh, Again, us, these uh, poly shirt uh, guys, not these rubber band shirt uh, things, but um, you know, years and years of mastery, technique, things like that. So I got too caught up in training the wrong way, and you know it was building something, but it wasn't building my competition lift. And I was also doing too many things with bands and all this weird stuff. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Now, adversely, recently, as an athlete, an older athlete. I was spending too much time on the low end. 
I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again, trading too much at the high end. So I started taking my weights lower, one board, half boards, maybe a two board once in a while with a really, really heavy weight. And the fact that in the, in the frame of mind that, well, this is going to, you know, more simulate the full range bench. I'm going to get more benefit out of it. And what happened was my top end suffered. Yes, I was strong off the chest. My gear was good. I was you know, practicing near full range of motion. And then my top end started to suffer. So I had, I was like, Oh, well, shit, you know, back to the drawing board. So, uh, you know, you have to keep in mind the full lift and you have to train in all different ways in order to accomplish this one goal, a healthy balance of both the low end work and the top end work. You have to train the full range of motion, obviously, or very, very close to it. I'm a very big fan of the half board and the one board. I want to keep my shirt nice and taut for the competition. Uh, I don't believe touching in the gym is necessary. You know, you can do it once in a while. Uh, anyway, and then you have to train the top end. You have to have a specific days for low end, specific days for top end, because you got to train all aspects of the lift. You have to be strong from the bottom all the way to the top, and that's what's going to produce your big lifts. That's one of the things I did leading up to my 1035 bench here in March, was I was training the low end, full range motion or close to it and then also the top end and training the top end properly like I talk about board uh, three and four boards sometimes some of you guys do five boards treating those as extensions and not presses that's a whole other subject I want to get into later so all in all what I'm saying is don't get overly obsessed with boards and chains and bands if I had to choose between the two I would more or less go with the chain route to the bands but uh, you, you have to train how you compete. You're going to compete in a free weight, tr straight weight, full range bench with commands. Throwing commands in there once in a while in your training is not a bad thing. Um, but I, I've never had a problem with following commands at a competition. So for me personally, it's not something I have to really practice. It just comes to me naturally. But, you know, think about that. Think about exactly how you're competing. Yes, you need variety. Yes, you need to change things up. But when it comes to your competition style lift, when you train it, you have to think about the competition itself and what you were really trying to accomplish. So moving on, when, you, when I talk about train how you compete, that brings me to a subject that a lot of people ask me about that they don't really see me doing, and that's speed work. I'm talking about west side barbell conjugate method style speed work with accommodating resistance on a pendulum three-week wave with different bars and resistances and percentages that type of thing. Okay, I, I respect it because it is so revolutionary and it seemingly works for his athletes. And I have tried speed work in the past. It has brought me nothing but pain in my shoulders and no gains on my bench. Uh, about two months prior to this competition in March where I got my big lift, I said, hey, I'm going to give it an honest try. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to keep a book, a record keeping. I'm really, really going to try true conjugate method style, which is not something I do. I train how I train on my own all the time. I do my own thing. I get results. But I wanted to give it an honest try so I can once and for all bury the hatchet on this whole speed work thing. So I had my max every day on, when, on Saturdays with my shirt, and I did my speed work days on Wednesday. And I'll be damned, I got nothing out of it. I got nothing but pain in my joints and my shoulders, and my bench started to go down. And I had a meet coming up. I'm like, yep, uh, screw that. <laughs> Threw in the trash, lit a fire, watched it burn. No more speed work. I absolutely hate it. And that's what I'm going to get into uh, right now. 
So the concept of speed work, I like. I like the idea of training to push with maximal effort from the bottom of the lift all the way to the top, not slowing down, not letting off the gas to produce a bigger and bigger lift, to become faster under heavy loads. But I'm looking at a lot of the heaviest lifts ever done. Deadlift, squat, bench. Raw or gear, doesn't matter. There are exceptions, but overall, when you do a max effort lift, true max effort is doing something where you can only do it for one rep. If you can double it, it's not true max effort. Under that much load, you are not going to press fast. All of my biggest lifts have not been done with speed. They, they, they've, I've had to grind out some of these big lifts. So that's where I go back to train how you compete. When I'm under 1,000 plus in a competition, it's not going to move very fast. So I train to develop that grinding strength, that work capacity, and that muscular endurance under heavy loads, like in the triceps that I talk about all the time, the heavy lockouts and the high rep things with maximal loads. Speed work doesn't make any sense to me because you're not going to move with maximal speed under extreme shearing heavy weights. And going back to the topic of conversation, like I've been saying all this time, train how you compete. When you add these accommodating resistances to the bar, yes, it changes it up. It's a good way to change it up, uh, you know, keep the body guessing, different stimulus, results, whatever. But when you rely too heavily on these things, you don't compete with a barbell that's going to travel under, or travel faster than under the force of gravity by itself. Because like we all saw the documentary, right? Bands produce overspeed eccentrics, which are supposedly the key to strength. And again, uh, 16 years, guys, I've only really dedicated myself to one month of speed training, maybe a month and a half, six weeks. Uh, got nothing out of it, okay? Uh, I, I Nothing. Three all-time world records, zero speed training. Has done nothing for me. I don't compete with bands. I don't compete with reverse bands or bands to the floor or chains hanging from the damn bar. You compete with straight weight. So I am a more of a fan and believer in trying to produce this maximal uh, force from top to bottom with straight weight under heavy load, learning how to grind, learning how to not, not panic when the weight gets heavy and, and grind these weights out and be patient and just have the endurance, muscular capacity to be able to be under these heavy loads for long periods of time. So I do train at a somewhat of a conjugate derivative, if you will, where I do rotational max effort movements every week, but I do 100% max effort week in and week out, okay? Something that the conjugate method does not call for. I do max effort twice a week with a third bench day dedicated to prehabilitation. So I do super heavy weights on Wednesdays and super heavy weights on Saturdays. I rotate my movements on Wednesdays to keep it interesting, keep the body guessing, not know what's coming. And by Saturday, my body is still thinking, oh, you're going to change it up and oh, boom. I, whatever I do, it gets me results. That's what matters to me. Maybe most people cannot train at 100%, 100% plus max effort twice a week, week in a week out, 365 days out of the year. But I do that and that's what works for me. And the speed work just ain't cutting it, man. It just kills my shoulder. No matter how I do it, how I warm up, what kind of percentage. I lowered the percentages down to almost 35% bar weight of my one rep 
raw, approximate raw max. My bar weight was 185, 135 at one point. I just had loads and loads of pain, and it was irritating. And then my 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 shirted bench, my max ever was actually starting to suffer. So I I cut out those speed work, and man, it's been great. One of the biggest things I see when people are posting their speed work results on Instagram, Facebook, I see this trend a lot. So if you do speed work, if you advocate for it, if you like it, you getting results, I am so happy for you. It's something I've never been able to do uh, as an athlete. But one thing I will talk about real quick is something that I keep seeing. It's a bad trend, and I want you to make sure want to make sure you're avoiding this. So we'll just go ahead and use bands as the example. The idea with the bands is accommodating resistance, and it's going to increase the weight load at the top of the lift because the bands are stretching and pulling down against the bar, increasing the weight, essentially, on the bar. If you try and do speed work with straight weight, you have a tendency to slack off at the very, very top of the movement because you don't want to hyperextend the elbows. Same thing if you were like shadow boxing in the mirror and you had like little five or two and a half pound dumbbells in your hands. You wouldn't fully punch with maximal force. You're going to maybe subconsciously back off right at the extension so you're not hyperextending the elbows. But when you use bands on the bar, you are able to push with maximal force without the fear of doing this without hyperextending the elbows. But... What I keep seeing, and I stopped telling people or kind of voicing my opinion because I was getting negative uh, feedback from it. It's like, okay, don't, you know, it's just an opinion, but hey, I want the best for you. When you're doing your speed work, you have to push with maximal force from the top to the complete lockout all the way to the top. You're pushing with maximal force from the bottom to the very tippy top. What I see a lot of people doing when they're trying to do these fast reps, you know, one rep per second, you know, these fast, fat, you know, one, two, three, they're cutting the movement off very, very, very short of lockout on these reps. They're, they're, they've got the softest elbows I've ever seen in training is during speed work. They take the weight out. Their elbows aren't even locked to begin with. They do these little pumps about halfway up, a little more than halfway up. They're not locking the weight out. And that is going to transfer to your competition bench. I see some of these individuals' competition benches, and where do they suffer the most? The last two to three inches of the movement. Because they're training themselves in the gym to cut the lift short. Because that's what they do. They, they cut it short, and they go down from the next rep, cut it short, go down to the next rep. You're not training the triceps. You're not training the lockout. You're not training yourself to push with maximal force from the chest to the full lockout. You're training yourself to push with maximal force from the chest to about three quarters of the way up and you stop. So that you, you need to make sure you're pushing all the way up, getting what you need out of the movement. The point of the bands is to increase the top end load, work the triceps, work the lockout, work the speed and the power production. So there you have another view of my, another aspect of my training, uh, making sure that you are training for the lift that you are competing in, okay? Keep that in mind. And my view on speed work and bands, if any of you ever wanted to know what my opinion was on that. It's very, very, uh, very to one side. I don't advocate for it whatsoever. I think bands do have their place, uh, you know, in overloading purposes. Sometimes you do like a reverse band setup. But again, you got to think that the band is going to help accelerate the bar back up because the band wants to return to its normal size, which is also 
not how it works with straight weight in the competition. So be very careful on how much reverse band work you are doing in your training. Stick to the free weights. Stick to the you know, top end work. Stick to the low end work. Healthy balance of both. Full range training. Heavy, heavy triceps. Uh, if you want to do speed work, by all means. I don't advocate for it. I don't teach it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my opinion anyway. If you enjoyed the episode, I really appreciate that. Tune in on every Wednesday and Saturday. I got episodes going up twice a week. Uh, we got topics, we got Q and A's, we got other things going on. Hope you were enjoying the content. It really means a lot that you're tuning in. If you haven't followed me on Instagram yet, it's at Colbstrong. And on on Instagram, you can DM me if you want to ask me specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover. Something you want to know my opinion about. Go ahead and drop a question. You can see the show notes. There's a link there on the podcast. You can drop your notes, your uh, questions through there. I also have the Patreon, Strong Power Community going up. I got seven days worth of content going out every single week. Check that out. There's a lot of valuable stuff going on there. Uh, Please have a good rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in again. I will see you next time. You have a good day.